Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we do thank You for uh, Your great goodness to us. and We thank You for the privilege of opening Your Word and allowing uh, Your message to be uh, shared with our hearts. Lord, we pray that Your Spirit would uh, speak into our lives, Lord, that You would allow us to, Father God, to to uh, uh, be diligent and proper students of Your Holy Word, Lord, that we might uh, uh, grow in, in wisdom and grow in understanding. And Lord, that we be eagerly anticipating Your return in our lives. And Lord, we pray that You would uh, inspire us, Lord, to understand and know the, the importance and the uh, imperative that we have to go out and to share the gospel message with others. Lord, we pray that you would bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have been... uh, It's been a while since we have looked at uh, the book of Revelation in our study. The last time we were (coughs) in Revelation, we were talking about the uh, wedding feast uh, of the Lamb that is to take place. And we have uh, been through quite a... Uh, uh, to get here, we have been through quite a uh, tumultuous time of, of <coughs> seeing... <coughs> excuse me. Of seeing humanity reacting to uh, the judgment of God uh, and, and really... Uh, the book of Revelation has uh, uh, shown us the extent in which God has uh, delayed His punishment on mankind. He has uh, been long-suffering throughout all of history uh, to allow as many as who would come and to accept uh, Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life. And uh, we have seen uh, time and again God uh, displaying uh, all of these different uh, opportunities for mankind to come back to a right relationship to Him. And we've come now to the very culmination of all that mankind has been waiting for, and that is the return of Jesus Christ, the victorious return. Uh, and uh, we saw that that this is a part of the marriage feast of the Lamb. It fits right into the tradition and the, uh, the method in which was used during the time of Jesus Christ of, of, uh, uh, of uh, this marriage ceremony. Uh, uh, and we've seen throughout Scripture, and we talked about it last time, about how uh, the marriage ceremony is is illustrative of God's relationship to mankind and and uh, the way in which uh, Israel uh, turned away from God and sought after foreign gods. Uh, God many times uh, used the illustration of uh, of a, a wife that was uh, disloyal to her husband, and uh, we've seen in. Uh, even in the Old Testament, uh, many times throughout Scripture, in which we have 
witnessed God using this metaphor and this uh, way of, of demonstrating. And if we look back at, at some of those, uh, let me just uh, 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 share with you some of those things. And in uh, uh, chapter 17 and 18 of uh, the book of Revelation, we see that Babylon is in shambles. God has brought judgment to all of uh, of humanity. And we see the, the central... Uh, uh, government of mankind that is uh, demonstrated as is symbolized as Babylon in, in the book of Revelation. We see in chapter 7 and 18 how uh, God brings judgment upon uh, 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 Babylon and, and just destroys uh, the government that is established to try. And, and I... I'm not the only uh, person, student of the Bible that has seen this, and, and I want to share this with you. Uh, whatever God does to demonstrate His love to mankind, Satan takes and makes a poor substitute uh, or a poor replica of what God is doing in order to deceive, to trick, to tempt, to lure mankind away and uh, this uh, government that uh, is the seed of mankind in Babylon is is to be a poor imitation Satan's imitation of of the uh, 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 the kingdom of of Jesus Christ that will be uh, that where in which God's rule and reign will be established on earth in the person of Jesus Christ for a thousand years. Uh, Satan is trying to establish uh, his version of that in Babylon. We've seen the destruction in uh, chap- uh, the previous chapters with the seven sealed judgments and the seven bold judgment judgments and the seven trumpet judgments. We've seen that uh, this return of Jesus Christ is the most anticipated event throughout Scripture. Let me share with you a few uh, passages of Scriptures that, uh, that allude to this time in which we're coming upon in Revelation chapter 19. In Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse 15, uh, God is, is speaking to the serpent and He says that uh, the uh, seed of Adam will bruise uh, the serpent's head. In Genesis 49, we see that uh, the scepter is given to the king. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, David is told of a never-ending kingdom that will be established in which his uh, seed will reign on the throne for all eternity. In Isaiah chapter 11 and Isaiah 42 and Joel 3 and Ezekiel 38 and 39 and Zechariah chapter 14, we see a all of these passages of Scripture of of uh, of showing uh, this prophecy of uh, the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. In Isaiah chapter nine, it says that the government will be upon his shoulders. This is a uh, the uh, passage of scripture that's requoted uh, later and many times quoted at, at Christmas time. In Zechariah chapter twelve, verse three, it says that uh, 
Jerusalem is a heavy stone uh, that will be established and, and uh, will be a cornerstone. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, it says that the, uh, the temple will be uh, a desecrated place of worship of the Antichrist uh, before uh, the return of, of the... Uh, the seed of David. In Matthew 25, verse 41, Jesus uh, tells of His uh, second coming. In Romans chapter 2, uh, uh, it says the day of wrath and righteous judgment is coming. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, it says that uh, the day Jesus is, uh, will be revealed in the heavens. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says, The crown of righteousness is rewarded at His glorious appearing. And in Jude chapter 14, it says, The Lord comes with, a thousand, uh, with thousands of the holy ones. And so we see that in this, uh, throughout all of Scripture, we see time and again uh, this uh, being alluded to this time in which Jesus Christ returns. And so we see in the the uh, comments made by John here in Revelation chapter 19, starting verse 11, we see this time that has been uh, anticipated from the very beginning of time, the very beginning of uh, creation uh, coming about. Let's look at that for a minute. It says in verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it... uh, was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written, and that name uh, that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called uh, the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, uh, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he tre- uh, treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst, uh, midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was uh, taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, and that sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with all their flesh. So what we have is a passage of Scripture that is a a great tumult, a great... Great army, and uh, the uh, the Bible says that it will take place in the Valley of Megiddo, 
Now this Valley of Megiddo is, it was called by Napoleon III as the greatest battlefield on all of earth. And, and Napoleon uh, fought battle there. Uh, it was a place in which many other battles were fought uh, throughout history. Uh, and uh, these battles were all uh, a great and terrible thing that, was, uh, that took place. And we're told that this uh, Valley of Megiddo uh, is the place in which this great uh, battle between all of the armies of, of earth uh, will take uh, arms against Jesus Christ and uh, the armies of heaven that will come and follow. So uh, let's think about, let's dissect this a little bit and think about what all this is and, and the significance of it all. Now we, we understand and know that, uh, uh, that at uh, there are a lot of different views about uh, this particular time and this, uh, and uh, there's a couple of different ways of looking at things, but uh, we all believe that, that as uh, the people of God, as the children of God, uh, that we will not be present during the time of the tribulation. Uh, the Bible in other places other than the book of Revelation talk about how uh, the children of God will be snatched up up, and that's the uh, the term that's used uh, that we talk about when we talk about the rapture, when we talk about uh, the church of God being taken from the earth before all of this occurs at the end time. And so uh, as we see this great and marvelous army coming with Jesus Christ as the, as the clouds are parted and Jesus Christ comes on a white horse, we see this, uh, and this is the wedding party that's coming from the great wedding feast that's happening up in heaven. Uh, and this is a part of the wedding ceremony, as we've talked about. Uh, uh, we talked about the fact that uh, all of those who are uh, Christian, those who are a part of the bride of Christ, have been uh, uh, promised have been betrothed unto Jesus Christ from the uh, before time began, and that is uh, the same as betrothal that was taking place at the time of Jesus between uh, various families to bring people together and to make the families larger and, and more prosperous. And so we see that before time began, uh, that all of uh, that those who were predestined to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior uh, were uh, destined by God to, to have a relationship with Him and, and God uh, set out from the beginning. And so many people are, are so confused about that. They think, well, if we believe in predestination, then that means we don't go out and witness. No, that's the exact opposite. Uh, we ought to go and witness and, te- and, and share a testimony with those who are lost because it is important for us to share uh, the gospel. It, it is a privilege as a child of God to not only be liberated from our sin, but to be allowed to be a part of the plan of Jesus Christ, the plan of God to share His uh, gospel message with those who are still lost. Uh, but uh, it is uh, it, it, mankind has free will, even though we have 
predestination. So, and you say, well, that doesn't make sense. If God knows before the existence of mankind who is going to get saved, then how does free will come in? If, if, I'm, if I have free will, how can I choose between uh, 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 whether or not to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of my life? Well, you do have that choice. God just knows what your choice is going to be. And God uh, has destined that all of mankind throughout Scripture, it talks about uh, not that Jesus Christ was uh, made a sacrifice on the cross of Calvary only for those who would accept Him, but for all of mankind. Uh, most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, For God so loved only those who accept Jesus Christ as Savior? No. For God so loved the whole world that He gave His only begotten Son that that whosoever, not just a few, not just the, the elect, not just those predestined, but whosoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so uh, God predestined that all mankind would have the opportunity and have, the, uh, have that right, that ability to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. But He gave us free will to choose whether or not we would accept. And so it is incumbent upon us to share the gospel with those uh, everyone so that they don't uh, live in eternity separated from God in hell. And so we see uh, the church that is taken and we are united with Christ in heaven when He, uh, when he uh, begins this whole process. And we remember we talked about how the wedding ceremony uh, that is alluded to so many times as being uh, symbolic of, what, uh, uh, of our relationship to God and, and our relationship with uh, Jesus Christ. And we saw that, uh, that the bridegroom would go and get the, the bride and then go and present the bride to the wedding party. One of the things that has to happen, though, is that uh, uh, there has to be uh, this... Uh, Jesus Christ has to go and to uh, be a victorious Savior uh, before He can present His bride to those who are present. And so in the process of this uh, display of the bride, we have Jesus Christ uh, and uh, this great army of those who are saved, those who are uh, uh, the saints, those who are followers of Jesus Christ, those who have passed away before and those who have been raptured. They, uh, we are the army of Christ that follow after Jesus Christ. And uh, we see uh, this great army that's following after Jesus and He's coming as a victorious uh, Savior. He's coming to defeat uh, all those who would oppose uh, the bride being united with the bridegroom. And so we have this, uh, uh, all of the, uh, uh, the demons that have been loosed out of hell and uh, also uh, the, those who are on earth that are left over after all of these judgments uh, that are united in the armies of the earth. And the Bible here alludes to that fact that all the uh, all of the demonic forces, as well as those uh, who are continuing to reject God and reject uh, His love, going up against Jesus Christ. And it says that uh, this is not a prolonged battle. This is not a battle that lasts for a long time. Jesus doesn't come and do siege warfare and and set up. Uh, 
uh, uh, the army around a, a city and, and uh, lay siege to the city of Jerusalem or Babylon or anywhere else. But what we have here is a very, uh, very quick and very instantaneous uh, victor, victory by Jesus Christ. It is a victory that comes quickly. It is a victory that is a demonstration of His power and might. It is a victory that, that demonstrates uh, who Jesus Christ is. Now, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that it says a, a, a verse that all of us uh, have learned uh, and could quote. It says, in the beginning was the what? Word. Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And, and it says that uh, there was not, not anything made that was not made without Him. And all things that were made were made by Him. Who's the Word? Who's the Word? Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word. So Jesus is... Uh, uh, we're told in John chapter 1 that Jesus, uh, before He is incarnate, is the, the creative power of God that, that creates all of, all, that, all, all of the universe, everything that is. And so, it is, uh, and this is... Not splitting hairs, but splitting God. Uh, you know, we have the three persons of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, But throughout Scripture, uh, Jesus Christ is called the Word. And He has repeatedly uh, demonstrated that He is uh, the incarnate God, the Word of God. In fact, where He is uh, standing before uh, Pilate and he is being judged. Uh, Pilate asked him, uh, uh, "You've heard all these charges against you that you are the King of the Jews, and and that uh, uh, and even before when Jesus is standing before the Sanhedrin and he's before the the high priest, they ask him, uh, uh, "Are you the Christ?" He says, "What?" He says, "I am." I believe he says the word, uh, uh, the the word that is uh, God uh, that was used by God when he spoke to Moses. It says that his the power of his, that one statement caused the soldiers and they were holding Jesus to fall backwards. That power of his name, his power, his might. Okay, so now we come to Revelation chapter 19 and He's coming in with this powerful army and it says that, uh, that out of His mouth comes a mighty sword. Uh, this is how the, the battle is going to be won by Jesus Christ. I believe with one word He will fall all of, the, uh, of His opponents and He will slay all of those who come up against Him. Because there's not a description of the battle other than that. That's it. There's, uh, there's no strategy of, of how uh, formations of armies are lined up. There's no, uh, there's no uh, indication of what uh, the army of God that's coming with Jesus does. In fact, I believe and I really uh, uh, have others, other scholars that, that uh, have shared this as well and that's part of why I believe what I do. I believe we, uh, the army of God is not there to fight. We're there to witness the power of Jesus Christ, to witness uh, this great 
power that He has. It says uh, a couple of times that on Him is emblazed the name that is not uh, uh, known by any man, uh, that is not uttered. Uh, we don't know what the word is that Jesus says, but I believe with a single word He falls all of the, the opponents that are coming up against Him. And we are not there to battle, but to simply witness His power and might. To witness His glory as as the bridegroom, as God incarnate, as He was, He came unto His own, the Bible says, and they, His own received Him not. What did they do? They mocked Him, they ridiculed Him, they beat Him, they, uh, they blindfolded Him and, and spat in His face and, and mocked Him. But this time He comes in victory and might. He comes uh, with a great army that is there to witness His great uh, might. And He comes to declare His victory and to eliminate His foe and to cast uh, the devil and the beast and the Antichrist into the lake of fire uh, where they will uh, reside for a thousand years during His millennial reign. And... That's another thing. Uh, Jesus Christ has to eliminate all those who would oppose His, uh, His rule while He is sitting on the throne of earth uh, during that thousand years. And so that's why uh, Satan and, and the beast and the Antichrist is, is bound for a thousand years in the lake of fire. And then uh, they are loosed once more uh, at the end of time, uh, after the thousand years, uh, for them to be defeated uh, once and for all and to be judged and to be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity with all those who uh, would follow after them. And uh, that is uh, the ushering in of the rest of eternity afterward. But the wedding feast cannot proceed until Jesus Christ has victory, until Jesus Christ demonstrates this victory on earth and, and then proceeds back into heaven uh, with uh, the remainder of those who are uh, uh, the called of God and to be the, the, the bride of Christ, to be presented pure and holy. And so uh, we have a lot that's happening here. We have a lot that is going on. Uh, we have a lot of things that are coming to a culmination. Uh, we have a lot of stuff, but there's, uh, there's a lot to be discussed and there's a lot to be uh, looked at here. And we're going to look at those the next couple of times that we have an opportunity to come together and to, to study this passage of Scripture. Uh, this is... Uh, just a precursor to all of that is to to see all the things that are happening, kind of get a big overview, and then we're going to come down and look at all of it individually and to see uh, this wonderful thing. But we see uh, uh, the victorious uh, King and Jesus Christ. We see the, the serpent that is slain. We see uh, uh, the kingdom that is established. Uh, we see uh, the cleansing of the earth. And, and we see so many different things that are going on. And uh, it, it's just a wonderful, mighty thing that, that's happening and this is uh, the time in which uh, all of uh, heaven will rejoice when they return, when we return back to heaven after all of this is over. Uh, but this is the last 
of, of the judgment of the rebellious humanity and rebellious Satan uh, that will be taking place. And uh, this is the last time in which uh, they will try and, and uh, uh, oppose uh, the rule of Jesus Christ. And what we see is that all the kings, all of those who would uh, seek to oppose Jesus Christ are, are destroyed and are uh, sentenced and and taken away and the lamb is victorious it says these shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is the lord of lord and the king of kings and they uh, that are with him are called and chosen and faithful and so um those are the ones that are coming with Jesus Christ, and those are the ones that are uh, that we'll see. Uh, we'll see all of those who are gathered against Jesus destroyed, and all of those that are with Jesus will see the victory of Jesus, uh, and Jesus will have victory over those who seek to oppose Him. And then the worship, the true worship of Jesus Christ, will uh, begin in that victory and we will see a triumphant return into heaven after uh, this uh, this great battle and the second coming of Jesus Christ and this will be a tremendous time in which a new heaven and new earth will be established and then throughout all eternity uh, we can have uh, the uh, the wonderful reign of Jesus Christ forever so uh, we're going to stop there at this point uh, which is a good place to stop. Uh, any questions, comments, or are y'all still trying to figure out where we are and everything? Chapter 19, verse 11 and following. Let's join together in prayer. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for Your great goodness and we praise You for all that You have shown to us. And Lord, we pray that You would help us to be ready for that day in which uh, all eternity will come to, an, uh, to a culmination, a day in which You will be victorious and Your kingdom will be established. Lord, we praise You and we thank You for the fact that uh, that You've called us to be uh, the children of God, called us to be uh, those who are uh, 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 saved from our sins and called us to be uh, the children of God. And Lord, we pray that for all those who are, are yet to accept You as Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that You would help us uh, to be a witness, help us to testify and, to, and help us, Lord, to share uh, uh, the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, as Jesus said, the, the field is white and the harvest. There are so many that are out there that need to know You as Savior and Lord. Lord, we pray that You'd help us to share uh, the name of Jesus Christ, the, Your love and Your grace and Your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.